Say, Dave, do you know that One Direction had the number one stadium tour this year? No. Do you know that YouTube won't make the same licensing deal with the indie labels that it does with the majors? They won't. Do you know that Vivo only airs videos from Sony and Universal and does not censor any material? Hey, Steve, how do you know all this stuff? Because last semester I tuned into Music Biz 101 and more on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. on WPSC Brave New Radio and heard industry guests talk about all of this stuff. That's that cool show from the Music and Entertainment Industry Management Department on campus that you can call in or tweet questions about the Music Biz, right? It's the only one in the country, and it's a Stitcher Radio podcast as well. Wow, so the show airs live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. I bet they have great guests lined up. I'd like to learn more about touring using social media and DIY stuff. Just coincidentally, the semester's show will include tour manager Dave Laurie, social media whiz Sean Rosenberg, and from Clifton, Sean and Rachel from Blue Raven Entertainment. When's that show on again? Wednesday nights, 8 p.m., live only on 88.7 WPSC, Brave New Radio, and And it's it's free! We are. How was that? Today, Wednesday. Today is not Wednesday. Today. What are we doing here? We are here at it's not are, 8 p.m. No, it, this is a 5 p.m. special Music Biz 101 ah, and more right. show. That's right. College Radio Day. Yes. Celebration. Philip Kochowski. It's a celebration, is it not? Oh, you better believe it. Celebrating the wonders, the glorious. It started here, you know. College, college Radio, Radio Day. Day. And this right is, at you, WPSC. We are the genesis of College Radio Day. That's right. Great. Three years. No, this is year number four. Year, year number four. four. Right. Yeah. Number four. We've given the reins away this year on a rotation basis. So Rob Quick is still, of course, forever is going to be the founder, but he mm-hmm. did step down as president. And um, there's been a guy in Chicago who's been doing, uh, who's been president. And uh, next year it's going to be even, it's going to be somebody else. So we're passing the torture along. And um, next year we're going to have a really good, um, a really, a really good guy is going to be doing it. And we, we expect big things good. from him and we expect big things for College Radio Day. Good. So, Dave, what is our special show today? This is a very cool show. By the way, you are listening to Music Biz 101 and More, the only terrestrial free advice, music, and entertainment biz talk show and podcast in all of the Americas. That's all of the Americas. Today is our special College Radio Day edition, and it is a special show today because coming up in maybe 15 minutes or so, Chris Henderson, guitarist for Three Doors Down, is going to give a call. Wow. How did you land that? We know people. Okay. Actually, well, we, Aaron Van Dyne, who's no, on the staff No, we're big, here. too, now, yeah, so yeah. I think that uh, we deserve a celebrity of that status. That's right. Well, you know, it's through networking that we got him to come on. Mm-hmm. So that is where the, that is where the le- one lesson of today My is. My fingers are crossed. We are assuming that he will be <laughs> a professional rock star and call in when he is right. supposed so to call in. Right, so professional rock star, we told him 315. <laughs> we told him, so hopefully he will uh, only be two hours late, which will be right on time for yes, us. Yes, that would be. And for those of you not necessarily in the know, Three Doors Down have sold over 20 million records worldwide. Mm-hmm. That song that you just heard was Kryptonite. That was their first hit. Written by Brad Arnold, who started as their drummer. Now he's their lead singer. And he wrote it in math class when he was 15 years old. Wow. So for all Great of those, yeah, for all students who are taking our classes and are bored, they should be writing hit songs. Mm-hmm. You know, utilize uh, that time. Absolutely. And, absolutely. Yes. And they've had uh, two number one albums in 2005 and 2008. Great. So Chris is uh, pretty cool, and that'll be great to have him. And then we're going to have Rob Quick come in. Ah. Who's Rob Quick? He's um, 
A doctor now. <laughs> he is Dr. Rob Quick. Dr. Rob Quick, that's right. What is and your he has relationship a funny accent, to him? Doesn't yes. He? he doesn't speak with People an will enjoy accent. his accent. I'll bring a little class to this show. So, what is the format today? The format is we are going to intro doing what we're doing right now. We're actually going to speak uh, with our producer, our everyday producer, Philip Gorakovsky. Notice how I, I said it with a, with a respectful tone, Philip Gorakovsky. You, you, you certainly, you mastered the emphasis there. I, I didn't use the, the spit guard on it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yes. right. <laughs> but uh, we have Philip here. Philip is our, is our main man today, as opposed to having a student like we usually do. Mm-hmm. Because It's uh, about time. Yes, it is. I've been sitting here quietly for how many how many months now? Yeah, very right. angry, bitter producer. So we're giving him his his fifteen seconds of fame because Philip is in his last year and he has an awesome internship going mm-hmm. on with iHeartMedia. Tell us. Well, I interned for Elvis Duran in the morning show on Z100. I've been there for about a month and a half now. It's been really exciting. I've been uh, I've been meeting all these huge celebrities, huge musicians today. I actually met. Um, I got I had the chance to meet Usher. Mm-hmm. The chance to meet uh, Steve Aoki. Um, wow. and then. Uh, Alicia Keys, Nick Jonas, um, Jake Miller, Wendy Williams, Billy Bush from Access Hollywood. So all these huge names come along, and um, it's just a really cool environment. It's if this is the show I'd, I'd want to work for. Great, th- this is it. How did and you get this internship? I applied. That's it. I Super saw. Easy. I saw online. Um, I made my resume, one page media style resume. I uh, I wrote a, a, a good cover letter. I thought it was a good cover letter. Um, I went and interviewed with one of the executive producers for about an hour and a half. We talked about everything from John Stewart to Stephen Colbert to traveling to music and a touch of politics, if you, if you can believe it. I mean, which mm-hmm. is not, it's taboo when it comes to interviews, but we did talk about politics a little bit. And um, he gave me an assignment to take home, and he wanted me to give him three things that I thought would be good to, to mention on the show. So three topics, current event topics. It could be pop culture. It could be anything. It could be a personal story, anything at all. Mm-hmm. And he said, give me three things. Slowly but surely, I went, I went insane thinking about it because it could be absolutely anything um but i did email him with three things and uh he emailed emailed me back and said i would like to offer you an internship and then i've been there ever since great and elvis of course had was last year's recipient of uh bravery and radio award that's right which is the award given um to a radio personality or or somebody who's been in radio for a while who's been obviously brave and has done things that haven't been done before past winners have included um, it's been Howard Stern, Cousin Brucey, um, I mean, huge, huge, huge names in radio. Obviously, yes. Alice Duran is up there as well. Les Paul. Uh, Les Paul, right. That was the first one we ever, mm-hmm. oh, that was the first recipient of the, of the award, and he died shortly after. Great. Radio Lab, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Radio Lab, also up there. And uh, I think, how many, five, six? It's been six already, I think? Yeah, five, five or six? I think so. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, and we, all we do is we say, we think you're a good, uh, you're a good candidate. Here we, we give it to them and and we've been received Rob. pretty well. We and Rob was well. on uh, with Howard Stern. He wasn't Howard Stern. Um, I've, it was an, it was an interesting experience. I, I don't know if he survived. He oh, might be I scarred. He did from right. then. He was no, he was okay. I mean Howard Stern. Um, Howard Stern was Howard Stern. Yeah, Elvis Duran was uh, was awesome. They had him on. He was really sincere. Um, you know they 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 went on air for a little bit. Our programming director yep. back then, Mike Ortiz, and news director back then, Steve, uh, Sebastian Escobar, run air and. Um, it was, a, it was a really, really cool experience. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was listening to them. Now I'm there now uh, doing production yeah, work. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So that's great. It goes full circle. That's great. One thing you didn't uh, tell us was Elvis Duran said, give me three things by email that you would suggest we talk about. What well, was no, it was the executive producer. Okay, okay. That what were the three me? things? Okay, what were the three things? Um, there was a story, uh, this guy who had a warrant out for an, ar- for an arrest, 
uh, I don't remember what the charge was, but he entered a donut eating contest hosted by the town's police department. He went in, he ate more donuts than anybody else, including all the police. Everybody was so shocked and so stunned by the incredible feat that um, they called the press. The press came and interviewed him. They put his picture all over the paper and the cops said, isn't that the guy we're looking for? And they arrested him right on the spot. <laughs> so that, that, that was a good story. Um, That's a great story. Uh, there was a couple others. I can't remember what they were, but um, I gave him four, actually. I gave him four stories. So I had a bonus one in there. But I, don't, I, I can't remember what they were. But I thought that one was, was really funny. He enjoyed it, too. Back when I was uh, at the Universal Music Group, I pitched a movie at that point. Universal owned the USA Network. Mm-hmm. And they were doing these movies, these basically made-for-television movies that were combined with sponsors. So basically, uh, the sponsor would help pay for the production of the film. Mm-hmm. And so I actually pitched to the USA Network to some people this idea of a guy in the witness protection program who saves mm-hmm. a busload of people and gets all over the news for doing so, and the people who are after him end up chasing him. Ah. So the donut man stole Well, the my- donut man was, was just way more ridiculous. Than- <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. He so, was hungry. Um, I mean, you know, guy's got to eat. So I mean, it's been uh, it's been an uh, an interesting ride to say the least. Um, and they changed; they were Clear Channel the, when you started, and then right. they became iHeartMedia. What do you know about, and why did they change the name? Well, um, well, they created the brand. They created iHeartMedia as a brand, and um, and it's a great tool to use to um, to attract advertisers um, to you know to get more advertisers to advertise mm-hmm. on the radio stations mm-hmm. I mean you, uh, if they say listen the o- the only way they really promoted iHeart um, radio as a brand was through their radio stations so they could use iHeart radio now as an example to say hey listen we did this solely um, through our stations we're, we're promoting it through our stations imagine what we can do for your brand for mm-hmm. your company mm-hmm. so they just changed it because they felt like the brand became big enough Right. To um, to really use an ex- yeah, as an example for the company, Bob Pittman, mm-hmm. the CEO, who had started MTV way back when, right, 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 of course, uh, and he said that exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. He said that the only thing nobody knows Clear Channel, everybody knows I is iHeart. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why don't we just become a, a lot of people listen through the iHeartRadio app. That's been uh, they've been pushing that a lot. Um, you know, people who really, I mean, Elvis Duran syndicated nationally, but. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Z100, anybody can listen to Z100. Anybody can listen to any Clear Channel. Uh, station from wherever they are. Right. If, if they're in Germany, they could listen um, to I, to Clear Channel radio station or IR Media radio stations um, mm-hmm. just with a Wi-Fi signal. Did you see their special last week or was it this week? The music festival? Yeah, the iHeartRadio special. I, I caught a few few pieces here and there. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, really cool stuff. They know how to promote themselves. Well, last year, what I thought was very interesting is that the categories that they used when they were picking their winners and so on uh, I'm not talking about just this past week because I didn't get to see it. Mm-hmm. But last year, I was really impressed with the categories were different than the Grammys and different from Billboard Awards and so on. They were really like the, like somebody went into the meeting and say, you know, Let's be why don't we freshen this up and right. say it what, is, what really, you know, the award should be, not just best R&B, blah, blah, whatever. And I was very impressed with that, um, you know, in thirteen. The show on that was on for 2013. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, it's who's giving them the award, and it's a a company that specializes in radio. Yeah. You know, so it's got to be from a radio standpoint. I you know, mm-hmm. I would imagine the mm-hmm. Grammys are are from, I guess, um, music and more video. Yeah, standpoint. music really. Yeah, it's mostly music. So, so what uh, what's been happening on college radio today? 
Well, we've had a uh, day today. We just had Allison Strong uh, the past hour. Uh, she performed live here at the station, and Great. Um, so and then we had an interview with her, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and now soon we're gonna have Chris Henderson. Good, Chris Henderson of uh, Three Doors Down, and it looks like the phone is ringing, and Philip actually maybe. Picking up mm-hmm. the phone. And we can keep talking, though. Anyway, you know, yes, you know. we can do that. It's, it's almost like a tennis match. We're watching Phil <laughs> talks on the phone to the big rock and roll star named Chris Henderson. <laughs> golf. Yeah, <laughs> it's like golf as well. <laughs> Philip is wearing his red hoodie today and his glasses, and he's talking much too long as we're waiting for Chris Henderson. Cinderella story of this. Okay, so uh, while Philip does that, we want you to know that this is Music Biz 101 and more. You can always visit our website, musicbiz101wp.com. We have a great newsletter that we put out every week, and we urge you to go to that website, musicbiz101wp.com, sign up for our newsletter. Chris Henderson on the line. Yes, we do have Chris Henderson. Chris, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Chris, welcome to Music Biz. Welcome to Music Biz 101 and more. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today on College Radio Day. Oh, man, thanks for having me. And was College Radio um, part of Three Doors Down success story? Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, there's a lot of college stations that were spinning kryptonite years ago. Um, you know, right off the bat, they were playing it before really anybody else. Right. So, I don't know. Sometimes radio, they, they, they get afraid to play things, and uh, College Radio was spinning it before anybody else was. You know what I mean? Just kind of, yep. they weren't afraid, which was awesome. Well, yeah. we, have no, we have nothing to lose, you know? Um, <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Did you uh, did you pitch your music to college radio stations, or did they just kind of um, kind of hear you somewhere along the way and played it themselves? Well, at first we pitched to college radio stations because they were you know they're easier to, for us to get to. We were playing a lot of fraternities and things like that when we first started. You know, playing frat parties was was a big part of our income. Matter of fact, for a long time it was our income, and mm-hmm. um, you know they're the only guys that really paid. So uh, you know we play a lot of them, and uh, and when you when you do that. You get to know a lot of these guys in college radio, and um, it's, it's it's easy to kind of hand your stuff off to them. And, and like I said, they're, they're not afraid to play it a lot of times. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, we get a lot of uh, questions all the time from because uh, I'm Dave Philp, a professor here at William Patterson University, and Steve Marconi, Doctor Steve Marconi, is the other co-host we have, Thanks. and we get questions all the time from students about getting onto college radio and how important college radio is. So you're you're basically saying that college radio was really important to you guys in the very beginning. Uh, before Republic Records, uh, f- you know, heard from other people about you. Definitely, definitely, it was a big part of it's a big part of how we got started. Was Kryptonite the song that they were playing, or was uh, were there other songs, or was that the main song that that really did it? Well, that's the thing is uh, some of the radio stations didn't really really want to get on Kryptonite. They were playing whatever they wanted to play. Um, um, it was uh, well, Kryptonite was the main song that kind of hit first. That was after after it kind of took a foothold. There was no stopping it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But but the college radio stations, especially the ones that down in the south, were playing other tracks off our first record, which um, which no one's ever heard. There's a song called Smack, which is kind of a punk track, and they were kind of spinning those things, you mm-hmm. know, which is really cool. Like mm-hmm. I said, they play what they wanted to play. And and basically, what you were saying is you you did the college circuit. You were you you and the band. You guys were going to to college, doing frat parties, making your way all over. Are we Mississippi? Where else are we uh, at the at the time that you're hitting all these different colleges? Mississippi, Louisiana, um, Alabama, of course, and Florida. And did you have an agent who was booking these gigs, or were you guys just calling yourself and booking all these gigs? And how did you know which colleges to to, to target and, and which fraternities to, to play at? 
Well, no, it wasn't anything kind. Of, it wasn't anything uh, intelligent like that. It was just you know, kind of <laughs> word of mouth, matter of fact, kind of guerrilla rules uh, marketing. You know what I mean? Meeting guys in bars, that kind of thing. And and once you play one, you get to play the next. You know what I mean? You kind of like you earn your stripes. You kind of earn your way across yeah. the college frat parties by playing one or two. And it was you know it was before the internet. It was before any of that stuff. So you had to do it. You know, no one had cell phones. It was it was you know paper flyers down the side of the road. It was yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. So. Now, when a lot of bands are starting out, um, you know, they play for small crowds and, and, um, and they, a lot of times they play for free. When did you feel like you were starting to, to gain a following that you felt like, wow, maybe we can make it as a band? Um, you know, it's really, it's really, uh, it's a good question. We, we felt that right off the bat, this band, for whatever reason, never really had a slow time. Um, well, I, I take that back. The only slow time that I can remember us having was right after we got signed when, you know, you go out and you play and you do and, and, and you work and you hit the street and you kind of build a buzz about yourself. And then when the record label finds you, they kind of take you, you know, into their shelter and then everything kind of ceases to exist for a while while you make the record. And they kind of they hold all the press down and they, you know, you book a few shows, but they don't advertise them. And they, you know, they want you to get seat time and go out and play shows, but they really don't want too many people to know about it. They just want you to kind of get out there and get your legs under you. So there was a slow time then. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, right off the bat, we were doing... You know, five six hundred people a night, mm-hmm. and that's, that's that's not that's not the norm, not at all. That's not the norm. No, it's not the norm, and it's not because we were great musicians or anything like that. I think you know, it's where we come from, the place that we're from. It's a it's a small town in Mississippi called Escatabo. It's about eighteen hundred people there, and about uh, you know, about three or four hundred people from that town would follow this band everywhere we went. Uh-huh. We were the only thing happening. No one else would, you know, no, nothing else was happening on Friday and Saturday night. So if we played, so the people were there, and that and it grew from there. You know, people just started coming, and, you know, the more we played, the better we got. And then the songs started being written, and then the buzz started getting created. Mm-hmm. It was a, you know, it's been a fun ride. So after you uh, got signed, were you an opening act for any tour in particular? We, we opened, yeah, we opened for Creed for uh, ah, two yes. weeks, and, um, Went out and did that two-week run, and then uh, we went out and headlined after that for about three weeks, and then went out and opened up for Creed again for another two weeks, and that's it. We headlined after that ever ever since. No, did never open for anybody. Never toured and opened for anyone else. That's a great story. Yeah. yeah. In fifteen, oh, in fifteen, I, I, I just lied to you. We did a ZZ Top tour about three about four years ago. Oh, <laughs> wow, was that the that's... musical Outlaws tour or Gang yeah, of Band of Outlaws? Band of Outlaws. Band of, yeah. That's a Gang of Outlaws. That's right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Right. Uh, at, at what point in your career, um, going back again when you're, you know, in your college days and before you got signed, at what point did you get hooked up with uh, with a manager? Right off the bat, um, it's funny because the radio station, the, the first radio station outside of you know, kind of like the little co- the college stations that were playing us was a radio station called WCPR, and their program director, his name is Kenny Best, and he knew our first manager through other bands that he was playing on his station because uh, back then, I don't know how they do it now, but back then, um, you had, you know, promotion companies that would promote your record to radio. Yeah. And so these guys knew the management companies from that because Magatha Promotions, the company that signed us as a manager, was also the biggest rock promoting company out there at the time. And uh, so they, he already knew these guys. So when we got signed, he introduced us basically over a phone call. He's like, I want you to, this is the guy you need to sign with. This is the only guy you need to talk to. This is the guy that's going to take you through to the next level. This is his name. Here he is. And the next thing you know, we're on a plane in New York. <laughs> so fast forward to today. 
the band yeah. uh, 15 years or so of success, at least. Um, yes. How has the audience changed? Because the audience, obviously, are 15 years older. Do you notice yes. that you're getting uh, not only the people that followed you for 15, but also new people as well? We are getting some new people, and um, but but we're not really getting them like we're not really getting new people from radio or from other places. We're getting we're getting new fans from word of mouth, like we used to, mm-hmm. and from the internet. I think um, you know it's definitely not uh, like you said. Our fans kind of grew up, but we were blessed in the fact that our music, you know, the fans were able to grow up, but the music was able to kind of stay the same age. If that makes sense, like they yeah, did yeah. not grow it, they yeah. could still enjoy it. You know, fifteen years later. And, you know, of course, what happens is when, you're, when, when people have children and they have, you know, little brothers and sisters and they listen to music, then just by default, you pick up those fans sure, as well. Sure, So we're really yeah. blessed in that sense. And you're, you're one of the bands that really took the, um, what's really the model, but it's not a model, but the model today is, of course, to take your passive fan and make them into an, af- uh, an active fan and then hopefully a fanatic fan. And you did it almost one fan at a time. I would yeah. think. Yeah, we yeah. did it by we did it by playing, and and, and, yeah. I, and I think one of the things that, that we do differently is, and it's a really simple thing, and I'm not a lot of rock bands, and that's I'll quote that uh, do this is we don't cuss on stage. So, uh-huh. 15 years of playing live shows, you've never heard one f bomb come off a three door sound stage, and and I think that's a testament not only to the character of the guys in this band, but it's, it gives the fans something to kind of gravitate. Yeah. to. you don't have to worry about. It's something I don't have to worry about. And a lot of people don't mind it, but a lot of people do. I happen to be one of the guys that, you know, if I go to a rock show, I don't want to hear that. Right. So, well, especially country you know. shows where we used to say they come from 8 to 80, go to a country show, three generations yeah. of people. And you certainly yeah. don't want the grandparent or the kid, you know, to be at a show no. that you're embarrassed about. That's right. That's yeah. right. And I think that's important. And I think that's really helped us over the years, kind of keep that rabid fan base. And, that's, and the reason I say that is because I hear it. I hear it from the fans through social media. Mm-hmm. You know, at mm-hmm. least three times a week, someone someone comments on the fact that we don't cuss, and, and uh, we're pretty proud of that. How was it throw, coming from Mississippi, playing um, in uh, in the small town Mississippi, to New York, which is probably one of the biggest uh, cities for music? You started playing uh, yeah. C- CBGB Music Club. You played for a little bit. Yeah, it's a market number one, right? It, it, um, oh, yeah, yeah, for everything, yeah. for for radio, for almost everything. Yeah, uh, it, uh, you know what? The, the one word I can use to describe that would be terrifying. <laughs> sure. And, and no ifs, ands, or buts about it, man. The, the worst day of my music career was that first show at CBGB's. I was so scared, I didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And had never been in that situation before. I'd never been in a situation where I was that scared before. But, uh, you know, just had to do it. And uh, and so we did. How were you received by the, well, by the audience? Well, it's funny because it was, it was, that first show was a, was a showcase among like six bands that were playing at the same time. So there was maybe five people there to see us and then five people <laughs> yeah. to see the next band. So, you know, of a room full of 30 people, maybe only five cared. And right. They really didn't care, you know. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a tough crowd, I'll just say the least. But, man, we did it, and I learned a lot about myself as a person. You know, a lot about myself that day. Yeah, what an introduction to the big time in right. the big city. Yeah. Next question for you is, uh, we got to you because one of our adjunct faculty and good friends is Aaron Van Dyne, who's your business manager. And first, we want to give a shout out to Aaron and thank him very much for uh, hooking us up with you. And we want to thank you guys for the uh, donation from Better Life Foundation, uh, a scholarship fund that's being um, actually nurtured for someone to come here and study the music business. 
So we're really happy well, you guys about are, that. You guys are most welcome for that. It's the least we can do. And uh, Aaron's done so much for us. And uh, it's you know anything that guy anything he asked for, I'm happy to at least say yes and work the details out later. You know what I mean? Like, great, great, such a yeah. great, such a great person. Really, yeah, really, a, really great person. He's a sweetheart. Now, has Aaron helped you? Because you have your own company with uh, Jessica, who I believe is your wife, called Love Bars. Can you give us yeah. a little bit about what you're doing with that? And, and how did you go from the music to creating Love Bars, the organic uh, snack? Um, it was a real simple process. I mean, it, it, the thought process was really simple. It was just, you know, traveling and being in airports all the time and being on trains and just going from place to place to place and trying to be health conscious was nearly impossible. So mm-hmm. I wanted to take control of what I put in my body. And the only way I could do that was to bring food with me. And that was how the love bars were, were created because Jessica, my girlfriend at the time, um, was kind of making these concoctions and putting them in snack bags and just handing them to me. Like, and I was just having handfuls of almost granola. <laughs> and uh, just, I'd bring them on the plane, and, you know, Brad was like, hey, let me try that. And the next thing you know, I'm, I'm giving these things out to people, and they're loving them. And, and that was kind of how it was born, you know, just out of a need to eat healthy on the road. And, and you know, it's really tough to do. I'm a vegan, and so is my girlfriend, and it's really hard for us to, to find things that aren't made, mm. you know, that, that aren't ethically made, if you will. So are they um, in Whole Foods or any place yet? They're in. They're in. Uh, they're in a lot of mom and pop places. They're in the Nashville airport. Um, we're, we're expanding slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you, when you take organic products to a lot of places, they go, "Oh yeah, thanks. See you later." You know what I mean, like no one really. Yeah. The, the organic movement hasn't really taken a foothold yet. It's starting to. So we're we're, we're optimistic, but um, we're going into Whole Foods hopefully next week. We're. We're, we're doing the application process. It's uh, it's a lot more complicated than just taking your boss sure. by and going, "Hey, guys, <laughs> you know, yeah, you got to kind of you got to kind of do the work." And uh, so we're doing the work there. Um, we're like we're in the Nashville airport. We're in a couple mom and pop places in Nashville. We sell on the internet through our website, which mm-hmm. is uh, loveyouhealth.com, the L U V Y O U health.com. And uh, we're just reaching the masses right now. Today we're at Mississippi State uh, doing a golf tournament. You know, just kind of handing product out and. Uh, it's for a good cause for a scholarship fund here, so we're donating product and shaking hands and kissing babies, if you will. <laughs> yeah, is this is this the kind of thing when, first of all, how many days a year are you guys touring, and is this the kind of thing that you can do in your downtime when you're on the road and put together, you know, work on the, the business side of uh, of Love Bars? It's a constant struggle. It's, it's one of those things where I have to do it while I'm working with Three Doors, and I have to kind of, I have to, you know, been half a day doing music and half a day doing love business and uh, and working with Jessica and she's great. I mean, she does a lot of the legwork and then we also have two partners in Mississippi that that do you know the day to day stuff. So it's, it it frees up a lot of time for myself. But um, it's a challenge. It's a, really a challenge. At any any time I get off from the band, like for instance, I just got home on Saturday from the from the, the worldwide acoustic tour. And right into right into Love You Land. I mean, mm-hmm. The very next day, we're we're in the car. We're, we're down in uh, Matt, uh, in uh, Ridgeland, Mississippi, where our kitchen is, and we're making bars, and we're making plans, and we're taking photos, and you know, it's work, work, work. We'll see you on Shark Tank soon. <laughs> <laughs> now, your last album, um, Three Doors Down's last album, was uh, Time of My Life, right? And it was released um, a few years ago in 2011. Um, are you guys working on yeah. anything new? Yeah, we are, actually. Uh, we start Wednesday. Uh, so no rest for the wicked. We start Wednesday writing. Uh, we've already written. We did a three-month writing kind of session uh, last year just to kind of get some songs, get the blood flowing, and we, we were able to write three songs. We were playing them out on this last acoustic run. But we start Wednesday. We're going to finish 
the writing process and finish the record. Hopefully, have it out by the end of this year. So, you're serious? So it's it's October, and you're going to write and uh, finish the album before December 31st. We are going to give it. The, wow. We're going to give it our best. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> like I said, it's a tough gig. It's a, it's one of those things where if you don't really apply yourself. You just don't have any success. That's the kind. That's the that's the nature of this business. Mm-hmm. But you're not starting from scratch. I mean, you guys must have some ideas in your head. So when you you get together, you know, you could say I've been tooling around with this idea, right? Yeah, there are some ideas, and we do have three songs that are already written. They're not recorded yet, but they are written. So mm-hmm. they're they're you know for the most part they're finished, and uh, so we can concentrate you know on the next eleven or so that we got to write, which you know lightens the load a bit. Sure. <laughs> are you still on Republic? Still on Republic, yes, sir. Not going anywhere. We love those guys. Are they bugging you at all, Monty Lippman or brother or whatever? No, um, they're not. They're not bugging us at all. And this is—it's funny. It's uh, you know, in the past where there's always been there's always been that deadline. There's no deadline this time, and and the label's been great. They're just kind of like, you know, hey guys, when when you're ready and, and these songs are ready, of course we want to have it out. We put our own deadline. We want to have it out by the first of the year. But the label's been great. They just they just want quality material, and they have always left us alone and always let us kind of write our own our own direction and uh, do what we want to do. And uh, it's been a beautiful relationship, it really has. And this time is even better because there's no deadline. So, Chris, we're going to uh, let you go. You've been great for calling in. You actually called on time before you uh, reached out. We uh, we True made a joke. Yeah, we made a joke that we told you to call two hours ago, so you'd call on time for us. So, <laughs> thanks for. Uh, Doing the right thing there. Appreciate it. And thank no you. William Patterson wants to thank you again um, and, and the Better Life Foundation for uh, what you've been able to do for the scholarship. So thank you very much there. And uh, very well. thanks for calling in on College Radio Day when the new music's out. We will uh, talk to Aaron and see if we can get somewhere on your laundry list and maybe talk to you again. Yeah, great Absolutely idea. I'd be happy to do it. Thank you, guys. Great. Chris Henderson, Three Doors Down. Thank you so much for calling in, and uh, we'll talk to you again sometime. Thanks, Chris. That was very cool, and it, and it's cool, you know, a backstory thing. So when, on radio, when the rock star is done, the uh, producer lifts up the handset and just drops it. That's right. So that is how a call ends when you uh, are on the radio. Now we have another rock star. You're live in the studio. Right after this break, just... our English rock star is about to come in, and uh, we're going to... Without his guitar, though, I don't... No, he, he, everything he does is a cappella. He doesn't need the guitar. So uh, we're going <laughs> to run to this quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to have the good doctor, Rob Quick, come in and talk with another good doctor, Stephen Marconi. We'll be right back. Hey, Dr. Steve Marconi, did you know about our Music Biz 101 and More theme song contest? I did and do, but only because I co-host the show. It probably wouldn't be good for you not to know. We're off the topic. Here's the contest that's open to every listener in America. Not Russia. No, I'm mad at them. It's simple. Submit an original tune to be used as the theme song for Music Biz 101 and More. A panel of judges is standing by, ready to pick the winner. Any style of music, right? Right. Vocal, instrumental, it can be funny or serious. Our blue ribbon panel is looking for something that stands out. One of those old love songs in your sock drawer won't win. Because that song probably sucks, right, Steve? Funny. All entries are due by November 5th. And the winner will be announced on our show December 10th. What does the winner get? The winning song will be played at the beginning and end of the show and broadcast live on Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. here on WPSC. Plus, you'll get verbal credit in each show, and don't forget the podcast. The show is mobile on Stitcher Radio, so if you win, you can have your parents hear the theme song from their phones and then listen to us interview the best of the best of the music and entertainment industry. This is how Justin Bieber got his 
start? No. Is this how Lady Gaga got her start? No. Is this how Paramore got their start? No. But it might be the start of your career. Tweet us for details at MusicBiz101WP or go to our contest page, MusicBiz101WP.com backslash theme song contest. Do it now. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. And we are back. Music Biz 101 and more. With a special in-studio guest yes. right now. Yes, we want to thank one more time Chris Henderson from Three Doors Down. This is a little bit more Three Doors Down. But yes, we do have an in-studio guest on College Radio Day. And it Yay. is Rob Quick, founder of College Radio Day. Gentlemen, I feel like Doctor. I've been on the show before. Is that true? I think you were on last year. Did I we was on. You, you, we, we, we have it. it. If somebody wants to check out the podcast on Stitcher.com, <laughs> they can. Back in March, you were show number three. Number three. Only teasing, right? And this is number 269. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's grown, isn't it, gentlemen? <laughs> so Radio Day, how is worldwide. it? worldwide. Yeah, yeah. Um, how is it, it going? Yes, this is the third uh, year. Fourth year. Fourth, fourth year. year of Radio um, Day. Uh, it's 43 countries around the world are involved, and... Um, Obviously, it started here, good old Willie P. And um, I was listening because we have this thing called, called a Global Math, and it's on right now. And it's um, it started yesterday, um, yesterday evening actually. University of Central Washington in uh, Washington coordinated that. And uh, so we got all these countries around the world, these college stations. I was listening this morning to Finland, which then segued into South Africa, which then went to Cambridge University in the UK, which went to France and. Mexico, and it was just absolutely mind-boggling to hear all these people say, hey, happy College Radio Day, well, College Radio Day, and um, it, it sort of captured a, a sort of certain sense of imagination from people, and uh, people running with it. And was it uh, the the inception of this? Was your idea, or sitting around one day with three or four other college radio directors? And Well, I, it, it was my idea. I saw um, this film called The Social Network. Oh, right, yes, and we um, all saw that. So. And I thought, ah, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we could do something that would go viral for college radio? And so I went to bed. This is back in December 2010. I woke up the next morning and suddenly it, three words, you know, college radio day. And I thought, well, someone's surely done that. That's very obvious. Googled the, uh, the, the, the words, the phrase, and nothing came up. I thought, well, surely someone's done this. They hadn't registered the domain mm. for 99 cents, uh, collegeradioday.com. And then I took a complete break. And because I had to do things, I had to finish my PhD, and that took six months. And then I came back, and I thought, well, okay, I might as well start it now. If we get fifty stations for the first one in October two thousand eleven, I'd be happy. And we got over three hundred and sixty. Great. How did you get in touch with all three hundred and sixty radio stations? Well, to considering do this? we have a budget of precisely zero dollars, <laughs> right? It's funded out of my own pocket. Um, thank God for, ironically, the impetus, the reason, the inspiration in the first place. Uh, Facebook, social media, allowed us to communicate very quickly with stations. There is so much, again, I think I've said this before, that um, if you harness the free tools of social media correctly, you can achieve tremendous amounts for absolutely no cost whatsoever, apart from, of course, the time that you put in. I think that's what's happened to us, that we've got so big now. And that's the other thing. I get emails like uh, in Spanish, and, and then we've got one in Chinese, and I don't know what to do, so I went to Google. I saw go to Google Translate or something and sure. cut and paste. I was actually communicating to the Italians like that for a while, and then and uh, also in Spain by using Google Translate because they'd send me an email, I'd cut and paste, and then reply. The whole thing has been kind of bizarre, actually, in a good way. In a good way. 
Mm-hmm. What are the costs of College Radio Day? I mean, you mentioned you had a budget of zero. Does this cost anything? Oh, it to does. Run? It does. It, it, look, in actuality, right? If you forget about the albums that we didn't do one this year, but I've talked to you about the albums that we did before. Um, you have okay. Everyone can do something for free, but first of all, you're going to have a, a, a website. You have to have it professionally hosted, even if it's only twenty, thirty bucks a month uh, for, for for professional hosting. Um, if you're going to do any kind of promotional stuff, we send out postcards. Uh, if you're going to have, we have like a one eight hundred line that we pay ten bucks a month. We have a fax number that we pay ten bucks a month. So the, all these little things, uh, we have like a when, when stations register, I pay like ten bucks a month for that. That this email me form is this thing that people fill in and uh, it collects all the information. You can export it. So again, there's a lot of things out there for free. But I actually found that when you want to move things up the next step and be a little bit more professional about because when you get people interested in you let's say you're a band or an artist right and you want to maintain a database of people who are into you or want to hear when your next gigs are or your or your next release is coming out you absolutely have to stay on top of that and a lot of free tools are just not up to that kind of the grade that you need so it's worth shelling out so i think probably the actual true cost of college radio is about 150 bucks a month maybe sometimes more Mm-hmm. Which is still, I'm, I'm thinking you're for well, the DIY hobby. person. For me, you know, it's, it's kind of like a hobby. And if you look at the fact that last year uh, we got recognition from both President Obama and Vice President Biden <coughs> for something which is essentially a, a very grassroots kind of DIY hobby thing, uh, I think it's actually testament to the fact that you can actually achieve incredible things um, if you don't have the money, but the idea, the concept gets gets people's imagination and the passion to follow through and execute on the idea well that's the other thing like you know we just got, got a email earlier this morning the president of italy has issued a proclamation recognizing world college radio day and and that all comes from like the idea i said to people why don't you contact your world leaders and see what they can do <laughs> and people do and they get responses so you yeah. have to follow through the but that's the thing that it, it is tough um if I'm being honest, we, we do have some stations. We have stations that have never been with us this year. But for the first time, we really got some stations who didn't come back to College Radio Day. Other stations have taken their place. But it's, it's this constant thing where you've got to... We're very aware now of like, okay, well, this station didn't come back this year, but this station did come. We've got new countries with us, Finland, South Africa. So it's, there is a sort of natural ebb and flow. Stations come, they get involved. and So it's, it's very interesting. And it, it, you find yourself pretty much like full-time managing those contacts or those you know, mm. those relationships in a sort of way. Uh, it's, yes, it's grown. It's grown massively. As you, it's grassroots completely. So what have you learned just by asking people to do certain stuff? Because I know the that's that's exactly how you how um, College Radio put out the College Radio Day album. You just ask artists for a song. How have you been received that way? Well, well I think there's a certain... Again, I, I, I believe in the essential worthiness of the idea that it's a good thing to promote College Radio. And uh, if, let's say, College Radio were to disappear, absolutely would be a loss, more than perhaps people would realize, because it's an incubator, it's, it's right on the edge, it's still pushing music and creating programming no one would. So, <clears throat> particularly with the albums, we have our lawyer for the organization, because one thing that you do have to have, even if you use them sparingly, because they're expensive, one thing you do have to have is a lawyer. Because if you have a lawyer behind you as an organization, even if you're not in contact with them on a daily basis... Um, that is good because that's like a sign of legitimacy when you're dealing with anyone. Mm-hmm. And so we had uh, Ron Beanstalk as our actually. I think he's been on the show. He's going to be on our um, show on October 20th. Uh, and, and he's been a very down-to-earth guy. And so um, he actually said when I explained about the album concept of the album, we want to ask major, as big artists as possible to donate tracks. He said, okay, well, you have to 
pay this royalty and there'd be that and the mechanicals and everything and etc. And I said, well, what if they just gave us the track in perpetuity forever and we don't pay anything? Partly because I really didn't want to be bothered with <laughs> having to do that. You know, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know how to pay royalties. I don't know how to... Pain in anyway, the neck. So um, <clears throat> he said, well, listen, you are going to get some artists doing that, I'm sure, but they, they're not going to be big ones. You've got to understand they're not going to be big ones, probably. Well, in that first week when I sent an email, we've got the Grammy Award-winning artist, The Civil Wars, who's since split up, and they said, we love this. We want to give you a song that we couldn't quite squeeze onto our, a platinum album, Grammy Award-winning album, Barton Hollow. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we couldn't fit it on, but you can have it for free. Well, that song alone uh, is generating, it, it just word of mouth, because we don't have marketing public. That's probably still $50 a week, uh, mm-hmm. just alone on that one track. That's still, and that goes towards paying these bills, right? So I was really surprised. Then we had Blues Traveler, remember them? Blues mm-hmm. Traveler, yeah, they sure. donated an unreleased live track, uh, Civil Wars. And then this last album that we did, well, this was the thing. We, we had Passenger, Let Her Go, the song of last year, really, the big song, Let Her Go, the last 12 months. And, um, we got this unreleased acoustic version of the song, which I actually prefer to the original studio version. And so we got it, and they were about to sign, and then we were told, actually, we're going to release this. This is blown up in the UK. We're going to release this over here. We'd rather that you didn't have it. Mm. And I wrote back and said, I'd rather that we did. <laughs> um, come on. <laughs> and so they said, no, no, this is, this is a hot song. This is going to be huge, and it was. Uh, I said, well, look, I just didn't want to let go, because by then they'd sent the master of the song, and I'd fallen in love with it. I was playing it around the house. And I was saying, this would be a tragedy if this incredible song c- couldn't be released on this album to raise funds for God. Really. So we reached a compromise, and actually it was a good compromise for them, because they said, you can't release it digitally, it can only be on the CD physical album, there's only 1,500 copies of that. So we, we, we put it on the album, and that now makes that album a true collector's item. So we have people buying that album, hardcore uh, passenger fans from Ireland and the UK, buying one album, a double album, getting it shipped to Europe just for that one song, because it wasn't available online. But the bottom, just to answer your question, is that I think if, you're, if your intentions are entirely honourable, and I do think that we are honourable and worthy in what we're doing, if your intentions are honourable and you're doing it for good cause and you ask people for something, it's surprising. This is the one thing I've learned from College Radio. It's really surprising if you ask in a manner that is a kind of like, you know, nice. Let's mm-hmm. be nice. If you ask in a way that is really genuinely warm and enthusiastic and nice, and sort of win people over, you'd be surprised how often people say yes mm-hmm. to amazingly big requests. And the, of course, the biggest illustration of that, of course, was, hey, could we get President Obama to support College Radio Day? I think this, he should be interested in this. Send an email to the White House. No reply, three months. Send another email. Then I've got to reply, what's College Radio Day? And then you go from there. And then you cultivate a relationship to the point where I was in class... And the phone rang. I was in class. I was teaching, and I never had my cell phone with me. Never. It's rude. I tell yeah. my students not to do that. Of course. And I, I said to my students, I said, "I'm so sorry. This is the White House calling." And I said, "Do you mind if I put on speakerphone?" And it was said, <laughs> "You know, yes." <laughs> Everyone was like, "Yeah." It was really excited. So I put on speakerphone, and I said, "Hello, Doctor Quick. This is uh, Vice President Biden's personal assistant. Uh, uh, he wants to do an interview with you about Quad Radio Day. Um, he's very interested in what." And this was broadcast on speakerphone to the entire class. And we finished. And I said, I said, that, I said there you go. When the call was ended, that's an illustration that uh, you might not have any money or might not have any resources. But if you have a great idea and you ask nicely and you're persistent, because it did take several. I would email the White House occasionally. But the, last year it just seemed to click, you know. Yeah. 
What I was know, what was the class that you were teaching? I mean, it was a media in society. Media in society. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty. And, cool. Most, and, you're going to have a bunch of about a thousand students uh, <laughs> registering. There. Well, okay. So what happened was when I did the interview with Joe Joe Biden, I thought it'd be cool to use my radio news students in my radio news class. Mm-hmm. So I said to Mr. Vice President, "You're not just going to hear from me. You're going to hear from my students from Reading Pants University." And I pre-recorded, edited them. Hi, I'm so and so. Here's my question to you. Rather than me just asking questions because that's a little bit. Mm-hmm. Boring. So the mm. students got to say, and I had uh, a situation where one student, it was so important that their parents were like almost in tears and said that this is the proudest moment of their family's history that their uh, student got to interview or ask a question of the vice president. So it worked out well for everyone. I mean, it's all good things, right? Mm-hmm. It's all good. And he was supposed to give you how many minutes and how many minutes did he give you? Well, <laughs> he said you have 10 minutes with him because he's a busy man. <clears throat> <laughs> Although he said recently being a vice president is a bit of a um, a bad thing. You can see the story today. Look it up on Yahoo. Right. But anyway, so he said 10 minutes and we'll cut you off because he's, he's got to go and you'll just literally be disconnected. And he spent 10 minutes answering my first question. The guy wouldn't stop talking. Really. <laughs> he just he could talk. He could really. And so we were on for over half an hour. And at the end, I had to, I, I wanted to wrap it up. I mean, I've right. got to get on. <laughs> I've got to do stuff. So, um, it, well, we had Wyclef Jean coming in. So, so I wanted to. I had to go down, but it was. Yeah, I remember that was great. The, the whole thing was just. Um, it was great. It's just. Um, I think if you can capture people's imaginations, people will heartily subscribe to what you're trying to do. They, they'll wish you well. They'll be mm-hmm. like behind you. You know. When mm-hmm. you started this, what were and did you write it down? What were the goals of College Radio Day? Like, did you scroll down? You know, one, two, three. These are my goals, and whatever they were, have you achieved them? And have the goals shifted over the four years? That's a brilliant question. Well, I thought for the first one, if you get 50 stations to join us, it would be great. And then last year we had over 500 this year. I think we've had less than 500, but we had over 400 registrations, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I, look, I, I was surprised. I think we achieved our goals pretty quickly. But what really amazed me is when I started to hear from countries outside of America. And I was like, well, not that there's other countries inside America. But um, <laughs> when I started to hear from countries from around the world, that was when I was like, whoa, what's going on? And and when you hear, like, Australia were the first to get involved in New Zealand and the UK. And that was when I was thinking, whoa, whoa, this database that I have, that I'm keeping tidy with USA stations, we're going to have to throw another few columns in there. And so, like, for example, dealing with um, People's Campus Radio of Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. I've been communicating... And he, he, he's responding to me in English, but his English is, is not very good, and I don't quite understand what he's saying. So that was this. I just brought all these – I think it's grown to the point where it's like, okay, people think it's one day a year, and it's actually – it's not. For months and months of the year, most of the year it's on my mind. I'm sort of working on it. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's good, though. Can we talk about the college fund for a little bit? Because that's really where – College Radio Day comes full circle. So can you describe yeah. College Fund and what, what it's all about? Uh, well, well, essentially, <clears throat> uh, a lot of people who have been involved in this, not just me, have now, have now actually recognized that a lot of college radio stations need funding. Mm-hmm. And so they have gone ahead and uh, launched the College Radio Fund um, to do precisely that, to raise funds for college radio stations. Um, and student scholarships as well. We mustn't forget that. So um, that fund has now been launched at collegeradio.org as a 501c3 public charity. So right. it, I think we never envisaged it would become that, and also we never envisaged it would have all these stations. But it's also become – when, when, okay, here's the other thing I would say, not that it's been life-changingly successful, um, but if you're looking for success in a certain area, 
one lesson, one thing that I've learned is that are you actually really, I mean, seriously, you look down, sit down and, and look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself the question, are you actually prepared to be successful? Yeah. If you are, because when things start flooding in, um, media requests and interviews and stuff, very soon you can lose track of what's going on. So are you absolutely ready uh, for to, to, to have any kind of hit or, or sense uh, uh, success with your idea? Um, because I know that I was completely taken by surprise. I and mean, within a month's period, I did interviews USA Today, Washington Post, New York Times. And I was just absolutely, I was at home brushing my teeth when uh, USA Today rang. So you, you, you don't know what's going to go. And that's why preparation is everything. You must be ready um, mm-hmm. for when that opportunity. Someone says success is 95% preparation. But I don't know whether that's true. Um, but I would say it's been um, a lesson that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. So you're going to Oxford in the spring? I am. I'm going to be there for um, six months starting January, yeah. And what's the agenda? I'm going to be a visiting professor at Oxford University. Uh, and I'm actually going to be spending my time putting together a documentary, a radio documentary, uh, about the very history of Oxford Student Radio, which I helped to set up. The first ever student FM radio station in the UK. We made history. And it's an amazing story because it was almost like the birthplace of um, a thousand careers. All these people uh, started there, friends mm-hmm. and colleagues, and they've gone off to having careers around the world. Some, some of them even ended up in New Jersey. Hey. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and when you go to Oxford, are you going to speak with an American accent? I uh, might have to do that. <laughs> That's perfect. I might not like speak like that. Well, we need to. Uh, That's actually, like a Forrest Gump, isn't it? I should speak like Forrest Gump at Oxford. They'd love it because they'll think everybody speaks like Forrest Gump in America, which is actually yeah. true. Or we, Chris Henderson. Or Chris Henderson of Three Doors Down, which is I'm glad you brought that up because it is time to wrap up. Correct, Philip Gorakovsky. Well, the interview, absolutely. Yeah. Well, r- wrap up yeah, the interview. Yeah. Oh, re- the interview with Rob, but we can keep talking without Rob. Okay. R- we promised Rob that we would be done now Do because I get to leave? he can you, leave you and get to go. go We're to the releasing bathroom. the shackles. I'm gonna go, but if I leave, I'm gonna have to. Disrupt everything. I'm so sorry. No, that's all good. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Dr. Thank you, Rob. Robert. Very entertaining. Thank you so much, Very Robert. enjoyable. Long live Polish radio. Robert, quick, in Even and out. Revolution. <laughs> that was awesome. That was yeah, good to have. This great. has uh, been a very great. successful show, and we still have five minutes. Boy. Yeah. So we probably should promo a little bit of what we're doing the next weeks to come. Yes, we can do that. And then I have some lessons that I wrote down, so we have uh, plenty to do that will not bore anybody. Uh, Next week, which is actually less than a week from now, because we're used to doing this every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. on WPSC. And don't forget to go to us, musicbiz101wp.com or stitcher.com, and you can hear all the podcasts. Next week, Frank Robin, who is the guitar tech for Mo. Jam Band Mo and also Hall and Oates mm-hmm. going to be talking here. One thing that I we didn't talk about with Chris Henderson is their uh, one of their guitarists is their former guitar tech. Ah, um, the band has had has lost two members over the past say three or four years. One guy had health issues and had to leave, uh, and uh, I believe when that guy left, their guitar tech took over and became the uh, the guitarist. Then their bass player unfortunately, uh, is under indictment for vehicular homicide. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the ba- uh, they have another bass player now who took over for him. But it's interesting that the guitar tech became the guitarist. Yeah. It's like the servant becomes the master. And we wonder if this is what he has visions to be. Yes. When he Frank Robin, we, we will bring that up to him, and we'll have that on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, and then uh, after that, Howard Freeman, who is the, ah, producer, the balloon guy. Yeah, producer of the <laughs> Quick Check 
uh, Balloon Festival, which takes place every year in New Jersey, and is a that's a huge deal. And also the Rock Ribs and Ridges Festival, mm-hmm. and he up books in Sussex. yeah up in Sussex County, and he books bands, and he's uh, been in the business. He was involved back in the. I want to say late 70s in Madison Square Garden with the, the New York Apples, which was a tennis team. Oh, yes. And then there were, he was, uh, I think, the original PR director for the New Jersey Nets mm-hmm. at one point. So he's done a lot for a long time, and uh, he's still at it, and he's doing awesome things. And then we, uh, uh, Rob mentioned Ron Beanstalk, mm-hmm. who is an entertainment attorney, who we got through George Dassinger, mm-hmm. who is on the faculty here, who teaches. yes. Media use in the entertainment yes, industry, <laughs> and uh, but it, it, it's kind of cool again because one of our lessons we can tie in this with our lessons is I'm fairly certain that's how Rob got to meet Ron, which is through through George, through yes. George, and George is actually a great friend of the show and of William Patterson, the university. But again, it's all about networking. We were able to network with again another mm-hmm. friend and colleague, Aaron Van Dyne, mm-hmm. who was able to bring Chris Henderson here today. And uh, through George Dassinger, we have Ron Beanstalk, who's coming next week. Great. So it's uh, be nice, as 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 uh, Rob said. Be and nice. in the future, we have Alan Cohn, head of uh, ACM Records. Yes, Al is coming. Um, we're going to have uh, we have our theme song contest, which you guys heard the promo for. We haven't talked about, but mm-hmm. that theme song contest. Rosie is, Perez is going to be Rosie in. Perez, president of Tommy Boy Records. Tommy Boy Records, that's right. And we have uh, uh, Philip. Yeah, your father. We're going to get Philip's dad. Oh yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah one of yeah. these days, absolutely. He's the uh, personal manager of the New Jersey Symphony Orchestra. He's been a music contractor for, for probably just around thirty years. He's a percussionist. He uh, went to William Patterson for a couple of years, mm. um, and then graduated Manus. With uh, a master's in music performance. Wow, awesome! So good. we have a lot of good stuff coming. And then yes. put out a book about all of uh, his experiences in the music business. He wrote a book. Yeah, a couple years ago, he wrote a book. What's mm-hmm. it called? It's called Onward and Upward. Where can we find this book? Uh, anywhere, Amazon, um, anywhere, Barnes and Nobles, anywhere books are sold, you can find this. What's book. his first right. name? Jim Nelia. Jim. 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 Yeah. And Nelia. N E G L I A. So you gave me his last name in addition I, to his You know his what? First name. I just, um, it's I been said, a what's his day. first name? And you it's gave more names than I asked for. Mm hmm. I feel bad for the listeners right now. And I, and, uh, do you want to apologize? And no wonder I'm the producer. Yeah. No, no wonder you don't give me the mic. <laughs> yes, yes. But uh, so we're going to have at some point Jim Nelia and his mm-hmm. book. And maybe he'll sign copies and can he, maybe he can give away a copy or two. But. That's a lot going on, and we should uh, wrap up with quick our lessons. We talked about networking. We talked about when you want something, ask very nicely, but don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. And the third thing, which Rob mentioned right away when he came up with the idea for College Radio Day, the first thing he did, he registered the domain name for that. Mm -hmm. It cost very little, but he did it. And I think if anybody out there has an idea, do that first thing. You don't have to follow through. Just do it. Mm -hmm. So why why don't we say goodbye? Why don't we? Philip, you want to start? I'm starting. I'm playing the music. <laughs> Philip um, is playing. Our, no, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for having me uh, co-host the show. It's been a pleasure. Right. And sure. we, you know what? We should have played. This is five fifteen by the Who. We should have played this at five fifteen right before Chris Henderson came on. That's probably uh, been a good yeah, idea. That would have been. But we didn't think about that. Why, why, so, why don't you produce? Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll switch seats. So we want to thank Chris Henderson of Three Doors Down. We want to thank Dr. Rob Quick. Always, we want to thank producer Philip Gorakovsky. Of course, we want to thank the very special and awesome co-host, Doctor. Yes, you too. Yes, Dr. Stephen Marconi and I am you too. David and Kirk, Philip, your professor. We will hear, hopefully, see everyone, hear everyone with their tweets this Wednesday, 8 p.m. Only. WPSC. Brave New Radio. Music is 101 and more. Thank you, and don't forget to say adios.
Jesus. Amen.